Welcome to the Better the Pond podcast. In each episode, Warren Berry, CEO and founder of Instinctive Solutions, talks to amazing people doing incredible things that lead the charge of generosity. We'll discover what makes each guest a bit of an odd duck and how they continue to better the pond around us. The migration starts right now with our host, Warren Berry. Hello, everyone, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Better the Pond podcast, where we talk to amazing people doing incredible things that lead the charge of generosity. My name is Warren Berry, and I'm your host and the founder of Instinctive Solutions, where we believe that everyone is an odd duck, but that's what makes them awesome. Today, our guest is Kathleen Smiley. I'm kind of scrappy, she says. A natural storyteller handed down from her father and continues to this day. Born in Lethbridge, Alberta, Kathleen moved around the Prairie Provinces and was always inspired by her mother, who is the family cheerleader. As you will soon find out, Kathleen is empathetic, dramatic, expressive, and unapologetically authentic. Kathleen's talent is understanding people, making connections, and creating an inclusive community. Kathleen and Local Laundry better the pond through their Giving Garments campaign and plan to donate more than $1 million to charity. That is worth talking about. I am honored to introduce to you Kathleen Smiley. So Kathleen Smiley, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to be a guest on the Better the Pond podcast. I'm very excited to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very flattered because usually everyone wants to talk to co-founders Connor and Dustin which you know people should talk to them because they're amazing but I'm like oh someone wants to talk to me okay (laughs) of course and that was the thing so when we met um through Tech Canada right I said you know I was really impressed like there's somebody you know who knows what they want knows what they're doing completely authentic and is doing something to better the pond I got to talk to Kathleen I just, I, I've been following my, my bosses for some time. So I guess that's just been leached down into my system. (laughs) (laughs) Well, today it is all about you. Oh my goodness. All right. So, you know what, let's, let's just jump right in. This is going to be a lot of fun. So, so Kathleen, um, what I want to know is what got you from being a gosling and I'm talking let's go back to your roots, right? Like when you're hatched. Uh, to leaving the nest when you decided to up and go out on your own um, to where you are today. Kathleen Smiley, what is your backstory? Okay, um, just need to also say that I, I am loving the amount of analogies um, <laughs> with the birds. <laughs> Uh, just to bring that all together in terms of like the podcast, like obviously you have to talk about like leaving the nest and hatching and all that sort of thing. I feel like it brings a lot of life. <laughs> so just love that. Um, okay, so my backstory. Um, I, I mean, it depends on how far you want me to go back, but oh, I have. Where did you start? Where, where did I start? Um, well, I'll, uh, I'll have to get props. I was born in Lethbridge, um, just south of Calgary. And then we moved around a lot when I was uh, younger. And then we've been in Calgary for 22 years. Um, And my father is retired, uh, but he lives a life of leisure now. But he used to be a journalist. And um, I have to give props to him because he always encouraged my brother and I to write stories and to find stories and to celebrate stories and to kind of like relish in them and it was sort of like a, a theme, I guess, now, now that I think back of our family. So um, he kind of was the first person that inspired me. Um, and I was, I guess I was one of those, those kids that kind of never really knew what they wanted to do. I'm sure every family has a child like that. My brother was like, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. No one's going to stop me. I'm like, I'm going to make mistakes and you guys have to help me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's how you yeah, are. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess I always loved finding stories, writing and being creative. 
Um, but of course I did never, I didn't do that well in high school. I floundered a bit. Um, and then I, so I didn't ever, I didn't go into communications until I was in my mid twenties, but I first started out in personal training. So I was a personal trainer. I did my diploma when I was 19, 20. Um, so oh, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to cut you off right there, Kathy, and I'm still going to take you back. So oh, no. you, <laughs> so first of all, you talked about your dad being a journalist, mm-hmm. right? Your brother had very clear direction on his path, what he wanted to do. And where is your mom in, in this whole scheme of things? My mom, uh, you know, she, pa- she passed away 11 years ago, coming up this month. Um, but she was like the cheerleader. Um, you know, we could definitely do wrong. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but she was very like celebratory. So whatever we decided and we were excited about, she was like very excited about, and she always made us feel very important. So I always, people are, so when we talk about, or I talk about my mom, people are always like, what was her favorite, this her favorite, that, and she's so annoying because sorry, mommy, but she was because she didn't have a favorite color favorite book favorite movie I think that like she her favorite things and the things that like gave her energy were like the things that like our family like loved so like if we got excited about like my brother played hockey like she would be right in there like I got excited about personal fitness training I'm like she was like right in there and so she was very much like a cheerleader and you know if we wanted to do something she never said no if it costs money, she's Dutch. <laughs> Let me just put that in there. Okay, let's get that out of the way. <laughs> you know, so, but if it costs money, she was like, mm, I'm not really sure we're going to do that because she was very frugal. But, you know, it kind of does come full circle now because just even local laundry is a company that we don't have any outside investment in. We're bootstrapped, so we've had to be kind of scrappy. So I felt like I've kind of implemented a lot of things that she kind of taught me in terms of saving money and being a little bit more reserved when it comes to that sort of thing. But yeah, she was very much like our cheerleader. So nice. I love it. Yeah. So now you said you moved around quite a bit. Was that just because your, your dad's job took him to different places? Yes. You know, very exciting places like Saskatoon. (laughs) Oh, Hey, I grew up there. Okay, I was like, someone's gonna say something. I'm not, no shade, no shade at all. <laughs> so it was all, in, but it was all in Canada. It was, yeah, it was all in Canada. We moved from Lethbridge to Victoria to Kelowna to Saskatoon, and then to here. But I loved Kelowna the best. That was my favorite. I was just gonna say, what was your favorite place to live? So now that you've already we preempted that already, what what about it was so special to you? I think because I was, well, I mean, I was so, I was young, so young. I think I was only in grade one and two, six or seven. So I, you know, I only kind of have vivid memories of like memories that like my parents shared with us, but there was like, you know, every, I love to, I love to swim. I love the water and every, every house had a swimming pool. So we, and it was always warm and there was no big snowstorms and no one, you know, lived in minus 30, like they do in Calgary. Um, so I just think, I think back and I think, but there was like very happy memories there. Um, and, you know, thinking of my mother in, in certain ways, I think that Kelowna was her favorite place. And so when I get to think of her, I get to think of that as a happy memory. So I think there's a specific memory I have that like we lived in a cul-de-sac and so you came down this hill and then there was like a cul-de-sac and there was, there was every single house had kids and they're all around our age. And like back in those days, like there was no technology and things mm-hmm. like that. So, and everyone was always outside. Like, I don't remember being inside. Mm-hmm. I don't think we were allowed to be inside from like the points of like four until 6 PM until dinner was served. And then we were like back outside. <laughs> now, did you have, now I was to see if we were the, of the same sort of, you know, era is you know so after supper you went out with your friends Mm -hmm. i I get it but did you have to come home when the street lights came on yes you weren't allowed to be out there when it was dark and so uh, (laughs) but everyone had would be outside and everyone always had their garages open and it was always so hot that i remember one year it rained and it was so bloody hot that steam would come up off of the sidewalks and so then everyone was running through the rain and 
the steam and all the pain. Like my parents probably back then were like mid thirties or like late thirties. So I'm like, those guys were probably getting hammered <laughs> in the garage. Like think about, you know, if I think about it, I'm like, oh, I'll be doing, there's no way, there's no way my father was sober. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, like the, gra- the garage is open. The kids are all running around. It's hot outside. And you're in a cul-de-sac with all your neighbors. Like there's just no way. There's just no way. There's just no way. Like that's like when Mike's hard lemonade was coming out. So I'm like, definitely. Yeah. The smileys were getting turned that night. That's for sure. <laughs> and living up to their name, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. So what about your, what about your uh, teenage years? Teen- oh my God. They're so awkward. You know, like no, no one, I feel like growing up in 2022, that's like a 13 year old. They, they don't have an awkward phase. Or like, if I look back at pictures of myself, I'm like, there was like slicked hair with like, with like the wings at the side or the same thing every day. And I, my mom wouldn't let me wear makeup. So I got to wear clear mascara. And what was the purpose? I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, maybe she's like, you can learn, but like, you can't, I don't know. So I just, just awkward, just awkward. And I was very, I can be very shy. I can be very shy, especially with um, like people, you know, coming into your own. That's kind of like my that that's sort of what I remember. I just remember being like awkward and shy, but my family was like very funny. We like, we use humor as a coping mechanism. And, but like, I, I understood like humor. I understood like, if I could make people laugh or feel comfortable, then like it would be, it could start to create that relationship. Mm-hmm. I've kind of only come into that as of the last like couple of years, but I sort of like got to understand, I knew right away that like my father was like very funny and like my, he would like tease my mom and the humor kind of was, was sort of like always surrounding our family. But like, so I knew that maybe like eventually I could move into that space, but like would just stay weird and awkward for a while. (laughs) Now, looking back though, did you use humor even like in your high school years, did you ever use humor to create relationships or create connection? Yeah, I mean, I was, <laughs> this is so, so in high school, well, high school I went to. There's a story could, here. Yeah, you could, um, I hated, this is just such a weird contradiction. Like I have a personal training background, but I hated gym class. I just, I couldn't stay, I just hate it. I don't like team sports. I like individual things. And um, when I got out of junior high, you didn't have to take gym. So as long as you met your credits, you didn't have to take gym. So I was like, fuck yeah, I'll see ya. I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I took drama <laughs> uh, and I was in school plays and um, oh my God, now I'm thinking about it as such a nerd, <laughs> but I loved drama. I like loved like movies and I loved being able to be expressive. And although my family was like very wonderful and, and loving and, and again, like had a humorous sort of like tone, that we weren't allowed to like really show a lot of emotion. Like if you were sad, you were able to be sad for like a minute and you had to let it go. And if you were like overly expressive or happy or laughing hysterically, then it was like, okay, like, shut up, please stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. So like in drama class that you could kind of like be anything you wanted to be and you could, I could be dramatic and, and, you know, expressive and creative. So that's, that's kind of where I turned to. And, you know, there was other people in there that were way more weird than I was. <laughs> we're going to get to that question yet. So, <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, trying to bring you up to speed here a little bit. Um, now, what they, first of all, what got you into, into personal training? And obviously there's, there's a story between your personal training life and now working for local laundry. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a gap in there. So sort of, Bring me up in, from that point into, into present day. Yeah, I mean, personal training, <laughs> one of the main reasons is that my high school grades were like so terrible that I needed to um, get into like a program that you, <laughs> that you didn't really need to have the basis be like, okay, you didn't do so good in math. So what are we going to do here? So then there was a certificate that Mount Royal University had. And um, you could just, it was, it was through like the continuing education program. But my mom said, this is, I think this is the path that you need to take because, you know, as you kind of grow up, she was sort of seeing that I was actually 
really good with people. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I went into personal training and then part of, part of personal training is yes, obviously the fitness and wellness aspect of it. But like a lot of people, I worked with a whole women, only women clientele for like the better portion of my personal training career. And a lot of women just wanted to come in and be heard really it was a cheaper form of therapy. And I was able to have a personality where I could like change the way that I was to fit what that person needed from me in the moment, which is, you know, it's kind of like a chameleon, I guess, aspect, which my therapist is like, this is coming back to bite you because you don't really know who you are, but we'll leave that for a different day. (laughs) Just slide that one over. I have a different opinion, but yeah. (laughs) But, um, so it, what I, I mean, I fell in love with fitness and I fell in love with like understanding the body and the kinetics and all that sort of stuff. But what I really loved was the stories that people would tell me. And I loved like being able to be like a keeper of these like secrets. Cause a lot of these women came from different backgrounds, whether it was just like they had marital disputes or people were, you know, people had have fascinating stories. Like there was one uh, client that I had that was an ex heroin user and you know, there was sort of, there were, I grew up very, like, very safe and guarded. Like I always call it like a white pick offense because we grew up in suburbs and I was not exposed to anything. So then being a trainer, you know, even still working with like a white female raised in a certain type of demographic, they have all these stories that start to open your eyes up to all these different things that I was never exposed to. Like someone who was an ex-heroin addict, it was very hard for me to understand and would bring me to tears. And I, I had to figure out a way to like push that to like, not let it sit in my soul, so to speak, and be kind of like very empathetic and take it on. So it was, that's where I feel like I fell in love with was under getting to know people and their stories. And I felt like I didn't have, when I had clients that I couldn't get in to, if they were like, if I couldn't like get into like understanding who they were, they, they didn't like the experience that I gave them because I felt like I couldn't understand why they were here. So in terms of local laundry, everything that we do has been sharing stories and whether it's from stories of like ourselves and the team or stories of like pe- people buy things just not for, I want to have this particular garment. There's always a story behind that, especially our garments are not they're not cheap they're not cheap is in in terms of quality and they're not cheap in terms of like you know that monetary value value as one sweater is over a hundred dollars so like there's a story behind that purchase and we're understanding more and more and more about what those stories mean to people and then how we can bring garments to life to give people what they want in terms of like finishing a story or like giving life to a story or giving purpose behind a story so there seems to be stories running through my life since for a long time. That's forever. <laughs> yeah. That is fascinating. I love, I love your story. So <laughs> I'm going <gonna>, <laughs> to come back to local laundry a little bit farther down the way here as we talk today, because I really um, want my listeners to know exactly what you're doing and about <laughs> your product and all those things. I think it's really, really, really important for what you're doing. So, uh, but being a good steward of time, we're going to move on to the next question. So the next question is, so Kathleen, I believe that we are all odd ducks. I believe that we are all misfits. So can you tell me about a time, positive or negative, um, where you, you know, where, where, what did, what did you do differently to stand out? What made you different from the rest? Um, AKA what makes you awesome? Um, and this is not about ego, but this is just about, you know, what, what is it that makes you an odd duck? Um, there's so much. <laughs> I'm sure if my team is listening, they're like this, this, this. <laughs> um, I, I had this question. So I have this question up in my little word doc that I was working with earlier. Um, but I like, there's so many things. I mean, there's so many things that would, I, I mean, like you, like you said, odd to make me an an odd duck. Um, as I've gotten older and gotten more developed in my role, I feel like I've become more and more neurotic in terms of how I want things to be done, which is funny because like me, me 10 years ago was like, what? No (laughs) process. Ew. Like you're going to tell me what to do. No. 
some, but now I just like, I feel like I just love process. If you follow these steps, you'll be able to have X, Y, Z things. So I feel like, you know, in terms of like, I'm not necessarily controlling. I'm sure if my team is listening, they're like, you're fucking lying. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like I'm, I'm not controlling. I'm neurotic. <laughs> I feel like there's a little bit of a difference, <laughs> but because I just think that like, in order, because we're a small team, because, because there's so many things that are that I feel like that's always constantly happening and constantly changing that like, I don't necessarily need to constantly be ebbing and flowing where I feel like if we have a process, we have open communication um, and we follow this, then, then, you know, nothing can hurt us, so to speak, or nothing can get in the way of like what we're trying to achieve, which probably is not the best way to go about things. But I feel like what makes me odd is like this, like this like love for being <laughs> neurotic because it's just sort of something that I've kind of felt fallen into. And like, as I keep testing it, I'm like, okay, it worked. Well, something fell apart, fell apart. Why did it fall apart? Because there wasn't a process. Oh, okay. Got it. So I feel like that's probably, your listeners are going to be like, she's, I want to work with her. <laughs> <laughs> can I, can I, I just want to, just listening to what you had to say, I just want to reframe this for just a second. Um, and and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm hearing a I'm hearing a deeper meaning in behind this. And to me, the deeper meaning is that you you want to create a process that basically kind of runs things, right? So mm -hmm. things don't break down. So things the things sort of take almost not basically kind of take care of themselves, which would allow you more time to connect with your customers or connect with your people. Yeah. But yeah, very much so. And I feel like being a small business, you're so, you're not vulnerable is the wrong word, but you're so like so many things I feel like can hurt a small business. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's a bad review or if it's a bad experience online shopping, or like if a retailer didn't have a great experience with us or a custom client, I feel like you're kind of always like, you know, so you have the ability to get hurt more so, you know, from not from like, you know, a physical standpoint, but maybe mm -hmm. like a financial standpoint where like a big corporate business, it's like, yeah, whatever. Someone's a bad review. We got, we got a ton more in the bank that we can use or this and that or whatever. We're like a small business. Like if, if someone leaves a bad review or has a bad experience, we do everything possible to turn that around. Like we've called people, you know, we've sent extra packages. We've done, we go above and beyond constantly. So I feel like in my, in my head, I'm like, if we are so diligent in this process of giving good customer experience, of whether that's from like a B2B, like a business to business or a custom client or a partnership or a retailer or like the direct to consumer, if we give the best experience and we don't make any like errors or mistakes or have, you know, a faulty garment or things like that, mm -hmm. then like nothing can hurt us or like nothing can fall apart that, I feel like that I have like, I, I want to have such control over that. And obviously that there's, that's not possible, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, which I know, <laughs> but then, you know, because then nothing can, we're not constantly on the defense and we have such a great product and we have such a great story. And our team is, is so amazing that like, I just don't, I wouldn't want any, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm probably way, I'm very protective of it. So that's where like that neurotic flare <laughs> pokes its head out <laughs> and, and, and i i see it differently i just see that you have such a high um a, a, you have such a high standard to connect with your client that you'll do everything to make sure that that occurs mm -hmm. i don't see that as neuroticism i see that as just actually you're caring that much that it makes that you're gonna make a difference yeah and we just we want people to know the why the why behind so many things and it's you know we don't have enough time in the day um and enough like inserts for our, our, our boxes to, to explain that to people so we're like you know how can we give the best experience and and so people know like that hundred dollars that you give to give a sweater isn't just us getting a sweater someone must be at the door if you can hear that barking the, the alarm went off Oh my God, <laughs> there's attack dogs out there. Yeah. <laughs> but you, I, that's what we're always, that's what we're always on about is like, you know, someone's like, why does it cost so much money? Well, you should see the supply chain that is funneled through this purchase, mm -hmm. you know, and then 
you know, if you, if we convince one person, then you can tell other people. And then not only are you feeling a garment that's like super soft and luxurious, that's going to last for years and years and years, but like you made a difference and like that purchase, you're now within a community of other people who purchased from us. So like, we can build something bigger and feel included and feel like represented or represented by the, the garments that we wear on our back. So now I'm rambling. But, but to me, it's very powerful. Absolutely, it is. And so going back to your point of being the odd duck. So, I mean, you're neurotic. Yet, <laughs> yeah. yet, right? What everything you just said about what you're trying to achieve. I mean, that, that really, that's your superpower. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Thank you for being an odd duck. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that out. In me. <laughs> <laughs> so... Now, can you tell me about a time when someone did something for you that made an impact on your life? Yes. Um, so back, back when I was, so I had started working with local laundry and when I was a student and I worked for free for a year because I just, in public, I took a communications degree and I majored in public relations. And in, if, any, there's, if there's any PR people listening, you'll know that like, it's all about, it is a lot about who you know and your relationships. So when I was like 25 and going through school, I didn't know anybody. And we were got sent out to all these networking events. And, you know, I was so shy and like, I didn't know how to do anything and say anything. I was so, you know, stressed <laughs> trying to figure out how am I supposed to navigate this whole world? So anyways, I had um, reached out to them and said I would work for free and, and as a way to start to meet people and networking within the city. But alongside that, I had to, I was in a practicum and that practicum went very sideways. And so I ended up getting let go uh, and it was very like undeserved and it was wrong for wrongful termination. And for me, it was like extremely traumatic because it, everything that had happened wasn't I never, I didn't, I never understood what happened and I don't think I'll ever understand what happens because I don't have all the answers to the scenario. Um, anyways, so it was, it was traumatic. Um, that's what I would say, but I had called Connor and Dustin. So that happened in the morning and then I called Connor and Dustin and, and later in the morning, told them what happened and they're like, oh my God, that sucks. Like you have to figure this out. And I say, yeah, I've got some, you know, I've got to, you know, get this whole situation under control. Cause I was still a student and I was very vulnerable in that situation. I might not have been able to graduate. Mm -hmm. So that's why there was so many things that were like unjust in that situation. Anyways, Connor called me like maybe two or three hours later and it was the afternoon. And he was like, their loss is our gain. And we're going to hire you. We're going to hire you as a contractor and you're going to work part-time and we're going to pay you this much. And that whole situation is now over and you're going to start tomorrow. And I was like, oh my God, I, I, I didn't even know that that was even capable of doing that. And so that had a huge impact on my life because you, you, not only was I given, you know, a job, which was amazing because I was a student and you, you don't really have anything <laughs> except for beer money. You do have that, I will <laughs> yeah, say, <okay>. but, um, <laughs> But you're, you know, you're like, like I said, they're kind of in a vulnerable state because I had to finish my degree. I needed to get a certain amount of hours. I was paying my own rent kind of with the help of my father. Thanks dad. <laughs> and um, they just said like, this is, this whole situation is absolutely ridiculous. And so like their losses are gain. We're going to, this is, we're just going to push past this. And so you need people in your corner. And I don't think that you'll ever as a, for me as a human, I'm never going to forget the people that were in my corner and the people that were there in situations where, you know, even when I was losing my mother, there's people there that, that I will never forget what they did for, for me. And you're always going to have a special place for them in your heart. So even if I wasn't working for local laundry at this point in my life, like that whole situation has such an impact on the way that like, I would want to handle a situation and what I'd want to give forward to somebody else. And that like, on the, you know, you can't forget, you can't forget something like that. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm always forever indebted to them. <laughs> but it's interesting, you know, that's one thing I want to point out is when sometimes, you know, I mean, getting, getting let go or getting fired or however you want to word it is always, I mean, it is traumatic. There's, there's, there's no two ways about it. 
Um, but you know, I, and my perspective is, is that when you get let go, we have to fire, you know, or somebody's getting fired, they're just giving you an opportunity to find something better. Mm-hmm. And exactly. Look at the, look at it from that mindset. So if you wouldn't have gotten fired, you wouldn't be where you were. Right. Mm-hmm. So it actually, it launched you forward. Totally. Totally right. so, did. So from the trauma, right. Sometimes you can, you can, right. Turn around and thank them. They actually did you a favor. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd be thanking them at this point, but <laughs> something <laughs> no. to think about. I should, you know, be, because it's, you know, it's a, you don't need to have any negativity in our lives you need to be able to let go of stuff that was a long time ago as well so yeah. but change the energy of it right change the energy from being you know disgruntled and angry to being grateful totally they actually did they actually did you a favor exactly exactly okay so that's, that's another great story you're full of great stories so oh. now <laughs> so now here's here's the meat and potatoes of the podcast right here kathleen um, what are you doing presently right now to better the pond? And more importantly, why are you doing it? And this is where we get to shine the spotlight on you and local laundry. Gosh, give me the mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's all yours. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, well, for anyone that's listening, if they don't know who local laundry is, um, local laundry is a Canadian made garment company and we manufacture everything in Canadian soil. And we empower the Canadian supply chain with responsibly made garments that make you feel good and look good from the inside out. I mean, come on, that's an elevator pitch if you've uh, heard one. Absolutely. But <laughs> before you before you keep on going with this, I have a question. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you make a bunny hug? Oh, that's a Saskatoon thing. Saskatchewan. Isn't it? It's Saskatchewan. a Saskatchewan thing. That's right. It's with the pocket, right? Yeah. It's a pocket. You're wearing one. Do you have a pocket? Uh, and a hoodie. Hood? Yeah. No, a bunny hug. <laughs> you said Canadian made. You got to throw Saskatchewan in there. You got to make a bunny hug. That is true. That is Canadiana, isn't it? It is. Saskatchewan. Probably. Saskatchewan. <laughs> I'm going to rewrite some of our product descriptions now just for Saskatchewan people. <laughs> it's like a toque, right? That's true. I mean, you guys do have your, you have your giving toque. Right, mm-hmm. you that is very Canadian, but I, you don't yeah. have toques anywhere else in the world, right? That's true. And so, therefore, now this is just I'm just saying, I think that you know, that you, local laundry should look at making a bunny hug in bunny honor hug. of in honor of us people from Saskatchewan. <laughs> you know, we do these, we do these, we have this one uh collection that we call limited laundry, and so we drop 25 garments that are like the most exclusive ones they're limited edition and they go super, super fast. And so we call them like load number one, load number two, you know, laundry puns. So, and one of the loads, maybe we could do a bunny hug. 2023, potentially. Potentially. Just okay. Talk to our designer. She's All right. Like, sakes. <laughs> okay. I just had to get that out of the way. So now I'm, I'm just going to shut up and let you talk a little bit more about local laundry and all the wonderful things you're doing. Yeah. So, um, I mean, like I said, we, we are, we say that we're responsibly made, we manufacture and produce and ship and fulfill everything from Canada. Um, and that's huge. So Canadian, there's not a lot of Canadian manufactured clothing brands, especially everything is done overseas. And so we wanted to flip the switch and bring everything into onto Canadian soil. And that's been really amazing. So Connor and Dustin made the switch probably for four, over four years ago now. Um, and it's been incredible ever since. And so there's a lot of people that value Canadian made. Um, and it, for me, for us, we've been able to experiment with different garments and these garments last longer. Um, we've been experimenting with bamboo cotton, um, which is more of like a premium fabric and it's more sustainable. Um, and so we're sort of playing into that sustainability responsibly made game more so and educating people like this is what fast fashion does. This is what slow fashion does. We're slow fashion. This sweater should be a sweater that you wear for years and years and years and years. And, you know, just experimenting with different fabric. Um, There's one that we're using, which is like organic cotton, which I always say is like generational. It's like a hoodie that you should be able to, or a garment that you should be able to like hand down over generations. That's how long it'll last. Um, 
And so just the power in that and what that actually means when you break it down from, you know, to like a, like a statistic, fast fashion versus slow fashion and what it's doing to the environment. Um, so we've, we've had, we've seen a lot of success in that and, um, yeah, we just need to continue sharing that story and educating people as to why, um, and just giving people the options. So really, I mean, our claim to fame is our YYC designs. We started in Calgary, I think back in 2014, 2015, and the whole, um, like I said, the claim to fame is that no one was representing their city through clothing. And that's what we came out so with. So YYC is the Calgary airport code. And so then a lot of people still refer to us as the YYC brand instead of mm -hmm. local laundry, because that was such a, like, people were so excited. They're like, oh my God, we can represent Calgary and have, Cal I didn't know that people were sort of so excited about Calgary, but like Calgarians are. Um, and so then from there, we've been able to like expand and develop like more different types of, of designs and garments. And now we can do, now we have a team that we're able to do more fun collections like limited laundry, where we can test, test a new garment. Will you like this? Would you pay for this? Like, do you like this design? But the thing about all of the designs, when the design does really well, or a garment does really well, it, there's a bigger story behind it. Um, and so just to bring it back to the story, when COVID happened in 2020, we released a bamboo healthcare garment. So all the profits from that garment went to a COVID-19 uh, relief fund through the United Way. And people were like, they broke our website. There was so much traffic on the website. that was unbelievable. And it was because of the story. People were writing in stories about how this one sweater was gonna go to their niece or their nephew or their daughter, or whoever their neighbor to keep them warm and this and that in the hospital while they were dealing with COVID patients. And you're just like, I mean, I've been brought to tears so many times that it was just like undeniable. And so recently we launched a Ukraine zip up hoodie with the same kind of intention, it has a little blue and yellow heart with a peace sign in it. And same thing, 100% of the profits are going to the YMCA Calgary, which will donate that to the YMCA Ukraine. And um, same thing, people are writing in, in messages and letters and not letters, emails, <laughs> it's 2022. Um, and you're just like, I just still can't believe that it's with a sweater, with a garment that you're able to have such impact. And so I'm like, we can't stop what we're doing. We just can't because it's just, it's, it's, it's just incredible the way that people treat, you know, a company like ourselves and talk about why that garment is so important to them and how they can showcase that like with a designer with that particular garment and have that be mirrored in their values as well you know they like our customers are people who appreciate sustainability and who want to work in slow fat or want to wear things that are slow fashion and support a locally made com like company so when you match value to value you're able to I feel like have a greater impact so that's what we're continuing trying to do. Well, this is this is really fascinating, and I, I mean, this goes back to um, you know really the point made by Simon Sinek, right? Is that um, you know people don't want to buy what you do; they don't they don't want to buy um, you know how you do it, right? They they want to buy why you do it. So when when mm -hmm. people believe what you believe, that's when you that's when you've actually created a relationship, and and you created a you created a um, um, well, you, that's how you create a community. That's how you create a, create a tribe. And that's how you create, you know, it's based on the belief of why mm -hmm. versus what. And yeah, I think totally. that's obviously what you guys are obviously creating. And, and the next thing, the next point I want to make, which is, I think is really fascinating because actually it wasn't until last year I learned of uh, slow fashion versus fast. Uh, I didn't know there was actually two things, but but in a, you know, in a, in a society, I think it is changing over time and, and you, you'll be more of an expert on this than I will, but you know, we, we, we became kind of a throwaway society, like buy cheap, mm -hmm. throw it away, get another one. Doesn't mm -hmm. work, throw it away, get another one. Right. And from a sustainability standpoint, it isn't, it is not wise. Right. And what you're saying is we want to make a garment that actually could be worn generationally, you know, like that's fascinating. Like that's probably a bit of a stretch, but, <laughs> true, but, I, but I understand what you're saying though. Um, but really when you think about, I'm going I want, we want to sell one that lasts a long period of time, right. Versus selling many, mm -hmm. which end up in the landfill. 
Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and finding those ways that you can either like repurpose, um, we've been kind of playing with a new garment called the giving blankets, part of our giving garments collection. So a lot of the fabric that would necessarily go to a landfill we've taken and created a blanket from it. So finding, I guess, tricks would be the wrong word, but like finding ways that you can take something and, and recreate it, whether it's like recycled polyester or, you know, even like one of our giving tubes from 2021 was used from recycled pop bottles. And so, you know, finding ways to play in that sustainability game and, and reinvigorate a garment through wasted garments or wasted fabric um, and just sort of seeing what kind of magic you can, you can pull together from that. So um, to me, it's, it's definitely where the world is going. Um, and it is coming to more into more people's minds when they're shopping. I mean, don't get me wrong, still shop at places like H and M, um, you know, what our co-founder of the co-founders, Connor is like, everything he owns is Canadian made, I'm not quite at that standard yet. But I mean, but if you have one piece in your closet that's Canadian made or one piece in your closet that's like, this was made from sustainable X, Y, Z, that you're like, okay, I know that I'm like, that's part of something that I want to have on my back or contribute or to like be so proud of. I find that so many people when they're, when you're like, oh, that's a nice, you know, whatever, or those are nice pair of earrings. Oh, they're locally made. Like people are so proud. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's a local, like it's a local laundry street. They're, they're Calgary company and blah, blah, blah. And so I feel like there's, you know, like how, when you think of like celebrities, I love knowing when, what celebrities are like friends and like what celebrities have like different stories with each other and whatever in the small business community. There's so many, there's so many things like that. There's so many stories, like one of our, we call them um, like sibling companies is, is milk jar candles and Calgary Heritage Roasting Co. Because back in 2014, 2015, everyone was starting these small businesses. So we, we came up all together. So like if someone, so then we made our own candle with milk jar candles. So like, I, I find that people get excited knowing about the little ins and outs of like the business and the stories like, oh yeah, they collaborated and they're friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I think that people kind of get excited about those sort of stories and they get proud to say like, this is, this is Canadian made. And this is, this is from a local company, you know, you're like, can you believe it? <laughs> well, we're just, it's funny you mentioned this because we were just having this conversation the other day about, um, I'll be speaking down in Southern Saskatchewan in a small town. And we were talking about, about buying local. And, and so the, through the discussion, which was really interesting, it wasn't so much of being proud of, of shopping local to me, it was more about give people a reason to shop local. Totally. And there's a difference between the two. Just showing up doesn't make, doesn't make you purposeful. When you're purpose-driven mm-hmm. and local, and I think that's, that's the driver for people to buy local because there's a reason behind it. There's a yeah, why. Exactly. Exactly. So can you talk a little bit, because uh, you, know, you keep bringing it up, but I'd really like the listeners to know about you know, your Giving Socks campaign, your Giving Tooks campaign you're giving blankets campaign there's no giving bunny hugs campaign yet um <laughs> but tell can you sort of tell my listeners really about sort of your, your giving campaign that you were doing through local laundry totally um so we we call it the giving garments collection and usually um it comes out every november of every year and so um we have a and there's still there's still i think there's that there's still some garments up on the website but usually like our big push and big launches every november um and so it's we've got giving socks uh giving toques giving blankets um, giving blankets is something that we're still kind of playing with. So I don't think there's any available right now, but um, basically when you buy one, we donate one. So we are coming up with new socks for the spring or for the summer. Um, and then giving new giving tubes always come out in the winter. Um, so yeah, we've been able to donate, I think over 10,000 giving tubes, giving blankets, giving socks over the last couple of years and um, to different uh, charities that support vulnerable communities in Canada. And um, it's, there's so many amazing things that I'm, I'm so proud of that local laundry does, but the giving garments is definitely, is definitely like high up on the list because you see that, that direct impact that it gives to communities that you want to support. Um, so like I said, the giving two that we did this past year was made from recycled pop bottles. And this year, um, 
we're doing a new a new giving toque uh, with new colors, which we're very excited about that I pushed for one color in particular. I won't say which one it is, but I'll tell you later, but because <laughs> um, I can't announce them yet. But yeah, anyways, we have new, new colors and super excited about them. And then we're coming up with new giving socks and giving socks. Like I said, when you buy one, we donate a pair. Um, these new giving socks coming up for the summer are bamboo. So that means that they're moisture wicking and naturally antimicrobial. So they don't hold a lot of odor. So your feet don't stink or your socks don't stink. Your feet can still smell, but <laughs> <laughs> let's like, talk, like, let's like get one thing straight. <laughs> so they're, they're so soft. They're my absolute favorite. I think probably our socks are like one of my favorite garments that we've made. Um, so yeah, every year we, we keep coming out with new toques, new colors, new, the initiative stays the same, the buy one, donate one, and we just kind of keep going and going and going. And so, um, our customers love it. And a lot of our, like our B2B clients love it. And so it just kind of gives people a reason to feel like they're a, a, the ability and an opportunity to feel like they're giving back. Um, and, and then they can kind of get involved. And it, again, it's that, it's that value to value. Like it's not only local, but like, I just bought one. And so I just donated one and people are proud of that. And we can give them an opportunity to feel proud of that. And that makes me feel proud. Fabulous. So, and I know your mission is to, the mission of local laundry is to donate $1 million to local charities by 2030. So yes. that, that is, that is a big goal. And, um, uh, but that, I mean, what a fabulous goal, right? Is you want to be mm -hmm. able to donate a million dollars to charities, right? By doing the work that mm -hmm. you're doing. Yeah. And I mean, we're already over one-tenth of the way there. So we've donated over a hundred thousand dollars to date. And so, um, for us, it's like, just cause we're a small business doesn't mean that we can't have a big impact. And that's why we're just kind of like the more that we can bring awareness to what we're doing, the more potential customers. And we call them locals. You're one of the locals. If you purchase a local, local laundry garment, we call them locals. Um, that you can be a part of, of that donation and making a difference. Um, the first thing that Connor and Dustin, when they set out to start this company was that like, we want to build community. And for a, while, a long time, a lot of people were like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. And that it's, building community for us is, is having people feel like they're a part of something that's bigger than them. And that we can contribute to different communities and different organizations and groups and have that impact and giving people a reason to show up and a reason and, a, and a, the ability to get involved. Even with the Ukraine sweater, I feel like there's a crisis happening and there's tragedy, tragedies and, and tra traumas happening throughout this war that a lot of people don't know where to contribute or they don't know where to donate or they don't, they feel kind of like lost because there's so many things happening mm -hmm. that, you know, we're giving them an opportunity. They say like, you can put your money with us and we'll take good care of it. And oh yeah, you'll get a nice sweater too. And you can wear that with however, however you choose to feel. Um, so I always just feel like it gives people an opportunity to get involved. And, and I come from a place where I always want people to feel included. I never want someone to feel excluded. And that's why we've done, we've we continue to work on have, being able to represent any type of community, whether it's like your sexual orientation, your cultural background, the size that you are, you know, we want to be able to have a community for you. And if that's through Canadian made garments, that's what I will always strive to have and make people feel like they're welcome and they're wanted and they can be a part of this if they want to be. So, you know, that's also why we, our garments are all unisex. We don't even, we're trying to, we're trying to figure out a different way, word for unisex. We're mm -hmm. trying to think of like genderless or something like that. So a lot of people are like, why can't you have women's and, and men's? I'm like, well, what about people? What about why human? Just, why don't it's just human? You know, why, why can't we just show up as a human being and, you know, get rid of all these like labels, so to speak. And so garments can be for every body. And I never want to stop having garments be for every single body that comes onto this earth or comes onto our website. And I never want people to feel excluded. I always want people to feel like they're included and they're with us. So I love it fantastic Great. so <laughs> gonna be a good steward of time here kathleen um so looking back and and looking forward from from the lessons that you've learned along the way 
Um, you know, pay me a, what I call pay me a picture of your golden pond or pay me a picture of the future. What is it, you know, from what you learned, what do you, what do you see next? Well, um, that's a great question because we, we have always been an online store and our HQ, like our headquarters have always been in Calgary with the four, our team of four. And we did all of our production and fulfillment out of Toronto. So we have an extended team and, and family that's out of Toronto. Um, but now we're bringing that in-house. And so I'm actually coming to you from our warehouse that we've just taken over space um, in Calgary. So that is the future, that is our next step. So this is the first time that our team has ever been able to work in the same room together, besides wow. it being in Connor's basement. <laughs> um, which no shade against that basement. That basement is very good to us. Um, but now, yeah, we have a warehouse which dogs are allowed to come into and um, we are able to work together. We're able to start to have local pickup options. We're able to do our fulfillment um, and warehousing in Calgary. And then we're able to also have a space to host like events and for people to come in and shop and touch the garments and try them on. And, you know, oh, hey, do you want to stay for a beer or whatever? Or, you know, a non-alcoholic beverage or a kombucha, you know, things like that. So we can kind of have that physical space for people to like come and interact. And again, that community aspect, right? It doesn't have to be virtual anymore. Um, or in just a different form. And so, yeah, that's the next steps for us is getting this warehouse space figured out. And all of, I mean, talk about community. Like we put out uh, an ask basically on social media saying, we're getting a warehouse. Does anybody have any extra furniture? And people came in droves dropping off like stuff and like even from an interior design company who we're working with um right now said i want to be involved we, we have pro bono opportunities do you want us to help you we're like yes so like it's just crazy like if we ever if you ever doubt the power of community like don't because we are living proof so yeah that's the next steps for us is this getting this warehouse up and running and we're going to be here for at least two years or a year and a half. And I, you know, I want to, I want us to be talking in two years to be like, Warren, guess what? We're outgrow the space. That's <laughs> news ever. You know, I was, I was talking to a, a guy earlier today and, and he said something very interesting and which really is, personifies what you were just talking about. And, you know, there's people in the world who, who get to, you know, who get to get, right. They, mm -hmm. they want to get to get, there's people who want to give to get, right? And there's people who want to give to give, mm -hmm. right? To the people who get it, um, yeah. right? And I think that's exactly really when you think about what you, what, what you are doing, right? You're giving, right? But then other people are giving back, right? It's totally. Give, it's give to give, right? Absolutely. And, and, uh, and that, to me, that, that's winning, right? Totally. That, 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 that's the infinite game. That's just, right? Because you're just always giving to give. It, it's what for us it's what makes the world go round and you know it, it sounds kind of barney when i say it like that but like but it is and if covid has taught me anything we need to be doing things that make us feel alive and give us the reason for you know to feel our hearts beating and to feel you know even sweat on our foreheads because because it it makes us it makes us remember why we're do why we're here and why we're doing this and and why people need people you know so we're a product of that and we we just can never take anything like that for granted because we know the power of it and you better the pond and we better the pond <laughs> so we're so last... happy to better the pond <laughs> <laughs> and we're happy to have you uh that's whole, you know that's what this whole podcast is about right is really about that is what are people doing to make the world a better place and then that's what you're doing and i applaud you for that Thank so you. i have one last question that you do not have um oh, no. <laughs> all right <laughs> okay here, are you ready kathleen are you I'm ready, ready all right ready so if you were standing on top of a mountain and the whole world was intently listening to you, what would you say? God, what would I say? Um, my brain is like getting, is nervous. So my brain is like, make a joke, make some sort of joke. <laughs> no, um, I don't know what I would say. 
I don't know, you know, in my headspace in the last little while, so our last two years, I guess, over COVID um, and just some, you know, personal scenarios that I've been going through and even like the war, I feel like my, I'm very empathetic and I feel like I'm a, what's the term is a, an empath where I kind mm-hmm. of like feel things. And sometimes it's, it can be hard on, on me sometimes. And so, um, or I guess I can, you can kind of take things on the chin to a certain extent, but I feel like it just comes down to like understanding, understand people where I feel like, I mean, not to give you a, another <laughs> tire pump, but Colby, the Colby A index allowed me to understand how, not necessarily how people are, but how people, how people work. And to me, that's very powerful. And in, in terms of breaking down the barriers as to like, why did they say that the way that they did always oh, because of this is just the way that they work, not just, this is just how they are. And you kind of have to get over it. It's just like, this is integral to the person that they are, and this is how they do things. So for me, I think what I would say is take time to understand people, take time to understand their story, take time to understand from the perspective that they're coming from, because when you understand people, I feel like there can be less hatred. There's less, you know, um, I think that the animosity, like all that negativity, you can kind of break it down because then you understand where they're constantly coming from. Um, so I think, yeah, it would be just take time to understand people and they don't just have to be the people that are in your inner circle. You know, they can be the person that's standing in line with you at subway that's yelling at somebody and you're like, Hey, it doesn't have to be a therapy session, but it just allows you to take it, take it with a grain of salt and put it away and not have it carry you for the rest of your day or the rest of your, you know, sitting at a chair in front of your therapist, talking about some traumatic event that you didn't know how to let go of. So that, and then I would also say just, you know, I come from a, from a, a, of, of a mindset of inclusion. Don't ever exclude people, bring people in, celebrate people, understand people, don't shut them out. Wise words, very wise words. <laughs> Thank you. So, so Kathleen, I really honestly want to truly from the, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for everything that you're doing. Um, thank you for making a difference in the world. Thank you for, for, for giving, um, cause you. you are making the world a better place and thank you ever so much for sharing your stories. And there's, there's no end. We could probably go all day. We could feel like <laughs> yeah. a Joe Rogan podcast would go all day, but, um, but no, I do want to thank you for your stories. Um, now if anyone wants to find you or local laundry, um, where can they go to, um, to find you? Um, you can search us, uh, www. Do, do people still say www? <laughs> you can do it. Oh my God. No. Localhaundry.ca. <laughs> www.theworldwideweb. No. Localhaundry.ca. Localhaundry.ca. And on Instagram at localhaundry and follow us on TikTok. We are trying to desperately make TikToks at localhaundry as well. Um, those are the main places, um, and if anyone listening is looking to purchase a local laundry garment, you feel free to use my discount code, which is Kathleen20, and you can shave a little bit off the top, 20% off. Um, yeah, at www.locallaundry.ca. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag, no I'm kidding. Um, so coupon code Kathleen20 and shave a little off the top. Or not, because if you don't, then more would go to charity as well, I'm assuming, because you guys are always consistently giving back one way or the other. There's options. Yeah, there's options. Fantastic. I love it. So hopefully people, uh, you know, the the listeners will reach out to you guys. I know I am definitely going to be directing my daughter directly into your way, because I think she would actually really, really love your product. Um, She was really hoping she can get a bunny hug, but we're working on that. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, really, I, I, I really, I mean, looking at your products, uh, I've never felt them, you know, I will when I come out to Calgary, but it go mm-hmm. you guys out. Um, but really, it's, it's so important to be able to, you know, buy local, have a reason to, to buy local, um, purchasing to give back to, to the greater good, right, and know that you're making a difference, and you're part of a community and part of a tribe. Exactly. 
So there you have it, folks. It was a great time here today again with Kathleen Smiley of Local Laundry. And this is Warren Berry flocking off to take you beyond the pond to better the pond because we're better together. Thank you ever so much, Kathleen. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for landing on the Better the Pond podcast. Do you know someone who should be in our flock? Contact Warren at warren at instinctivesolutions.ca to tell us their story. Until next time, what ripples will you create? Cheers. <laughs>